and keep your Bibles open and join me as we look at Psalm 71. We have 150 Psalms, and so Psalm 71 is almost in the middle of our Psalms. Psalm 71 is what we call an individual lament. It's an individual lament. That means it's a cry or it's a complaint to God. And this particular psalm is a lament that's spoken from the perspective of an older person looking back over his life, probably in his senior years, looking back over his life and his working with God. Now, typically in a lament, there is some kind of perceived enemy. There's an enemy that is attacking or criticizing or persecuting the individual that's speaking the lament. Or it could be a life situation, it could be sickness, or it could be a foreign invading force that's coming in. So there's some kind of enemy that's always at work, and usually that lament includes several uh, things within the lament. There is usually an address to God, there is a complaint to God, there is a confession of trust in God. There is a petition to God to intervene and take or do away with that enemy. There's usually an assurance that God is going to act. And often in a lament, there is a praise to God for what he either has done or is going to do. So let's look for some of these elements in this lament. And also, let's look at how this writer from his old age perspective, is looking back on how he's been working with God since his younger years. Verse 1 of, of Psalm 71. In you, O Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be put to shame. Rescue me and deliver me in your righteousness. Turn your ear to me and save me. Be my rock of refuge to which I can always go. Give the command to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. And here we get this sense of this enemy that's out there. Deliver me, O oh my God, from the hand of the wicked, from the grasp of evil and cruel men. For you have been my hope, O oh sovereign Lord, my confidence since my youth. From birth... I have relied on you. You brought me forth from my mother's womb. I will ever praise you. Verse 9. Do not cast me away when I am old. Do not forsake me when my strength is gone. And then verse 14 and following. But as for me, I will always have hope. I will praise you more and more. My mouth will tell of your righteousness of your salvation all day long, though I know not its measure. I will come and proclaim your mighty acts, O Sovereign Lord. I will proclaim your righteousness, yours alone. Since my youth, O God, you have taught me, and to this day I declare your marvelous deeds. When I am old and gray, do not forsake me, O God, till I declare your power to the next generation, your might to all who are to come. 
Sisters and brothers in Christ, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, this past week I spent some time on the telephone with a friend, Vicki Burlington. Some of you know Vicki and Hugh Burlington. Hugh is the retired pastor at the Emanuel Baptist Church here in Greenville. About 11 years ago he retired. And for the last three years he has sadly been battling a two, actually two malignant brain tumors. And Vicki called me this week to update me on his condition and to let me know that they have now placed him on hospice care. She asked me if I would, when the time of his death came, to participate in his funeral. And I told her that I would. They've been friends for a lot of years. Vicki actually was my ninth grade math teacher at Millbrook High School in Raleigh. And then years later, when I came to Greenville and she and Hugh were married, uh, Hugh was the pastor at Emmanuel, so we've been friends for over 33 years. As Vicki and I were talking on the phone, we were reminiscing about Hugh's growing up days in Orangeburg, South Carolina. And she told me that as he was growing up in the First Baptist Church of Orangeburg, that there were five young men, high school students, of Hugh's contemporaries, and Hugh was one of them, that God called into vocational ministry. All five of those high school students ended up going through seminary. Uh, they served for many years either in a local church as a minister or pastor, or in some cases as a chaplain in some other setting. Listening to Vicki talk about those five young men, uh, who were all contemporaries of each other, coming out of that congregation of about 1,300 members at the time in Orangeburg, made me think about my smaller church in Raleigh that I grew up in, Creedmoor Road Baptist Church. And there were about six of us within about an eight or ten year age span that eventually have gone into some form of vocational ministry. Well, that led me to even think about what had been happening here at Oakmont over the last 25 years. Because do you realize that in the last 25 years, we've had about, plus or minus a few, about 25 different people that have connected with Oakmont. They might have grown up in Oakmont. Some were children, young people, college students. Others were, were working in other fields. Of, uh, voca of, of, of vocational service in different fields, and God called them into ministry. 25 people out of this congregation that you have helped to love and nurture and train and encourage, and they've heard God's call to ministry. But you know, lest we become uh, overly impressed about our record here at Oakmont, and it's a good record, and we ought to celebrate it, I would... Uh, remind you that there was a North Carolina Baptist pastor by the name of Shubal Stearns. That's a great name. I've always liked that name, Shubal Stearns. Now, many of you have heard about Shubal Stearns if you've been through Oakmont 101, and you might have forgotten about Shubal. But Shubal Stearns, in 1755, founded the Sandy Creek separate Baptist Church in Randolph County, right here in North Carolina, the central part of the state. 
And over a 17-year period of time, through the preaching and ministry and mentorship of Schubel Stearns, listen to this, 42 Baptist churches were started out of that congregation. And 125 men, you know, back in those days it was primarily men, not women, who responded to God's call to ministry. 125 men went into vocational ministry. Most of them, more than likely, were, were bivocational. They worked uh, in farming probably, but they also pastored many of these churches and came out of these 42 churches. Now, lest you think that God's work of calling people is just a recent phenomenon that has existed over the last couple of hundred years, think again. Because we have here Psalm 71. We have an older person who has written this psalm and they're thinking back, they're reflecting over their life with God. Especially in a moment of trouble and struggle, there is an enemy that's after them. And they're thinking about how they have been working with God through the course of their lifetime that goes all the way back to childhood. The psalmist writes in verse 5, For you have been my hope, O sovereign Lord, my confidence since my youth. From birth I have relied on you. You brought me forth from my mother's womb. I will ever praise you. And then again in verse 17, the psalmist says, Since my youth, O God, you have taught me, and to this day I declare your marvelous deeds. And then in our other Old Testament text this morning from Jeremiah, the prophet is reflecting back on his call to ministry in his childhood or teenage days and of his reluctance to work with God because he was so young. And listen again one more time to what God says to Jeremiah. Before I formed you, I chose you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. And then Jeremiah responds, Oh, sovereign Lord, I don't know how to speak. That, that's always a good excuse, by the way. If you're, if you're a little uncertain about God using you, just, just claim you can't speak. I don't know how to speak, for I'm only a child. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am only a child. You must go to everyone I send you and say whatever I command you. So do not be afraid, for I am with you and I will rescue you, declares the Lord. So there we have it. Here's the psalmist. Here's Jeremiah. Two biblical people that God chose, God called, God used, beginning in their childhood and their teenage years. And they join a long list of biblical characters that God used even in their childhood and youth and young adult days, beginning with folks like Joseph. Remember Joseph? Samuel? David? Who would later become King David? And his friend Jonathan? Mary and Joseph, teenagers that God used. Jesus in his young adult years. And how about Paul's friend Timothy in the New Testament, just to name a few. Well, 
We've got all the evidence before us. God calls people to work with Him. Sometimes it's in the vocational ministry. Sometimes it's through the profession where you are currently. Sometimes it's some sort of service in the church or the community of the world. But here's the question. How did all these folks know that God was calling them to work with Him? How did those five young men, including Hugh Burlington, out of the First Baptist Church of Orangeburg, South Carolina, how did they know that God called them? How about the six of us at Creedmoor Road Baptist Church? How do we know? How about the 25 folks that you have helped to launch and to nurture and you have loved and supported and God has called 25 people out of this church? How did they know? How about those 125 young men in the mid-1700s that Schubel Stern preached to and nurtured and loved and mentored? How did they know? Well, I want you to know that it's really quite simple. We really shouldn't make this complicated. The way that people know if they are very spiritual, and I was really sad to hear a moment ago that Pastor Amy is not as spiritual as I thought she was. Because I heard her tell the children that God does not speak through phone calls and text messages and emails. And I want you to know that I have brought my iPhone with me this morning. And I've even left it on in case I get a quick one from God. Don't you understand that God, when He wants to speak to... Amy, I'm surprised you didn't know this. I learned this at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. You didn't learn this at Campbell Divinity School. Beth, you learned this. I know you learned this at Southeastern. We were together. Beth says, I'm staying out of this fight. Look, look. I got it on. I'm ready. I do have it on silent. You got yours on silent? When God wants to speak to you, He texts you. Now, occasionally He might give you a phone call. or He just texts you and He says, Jeff, I want you to teach that youth Sunday school class. Pam, I want you to be involved in human trafficking. Jim, I want you to serve as a deacon. Y'all, y'all get a little nervous on that side over there. You're afraid I'm going to pick one of you now, aren't you? Bill! I mean, Karen! I mean, I mean, we could just go along and just pick people. I mean, he just texts you. And he tells you what he wants you to do. And then all you have to do is respond back by text and say, in the words of Isaiah chapter 6, Hear my Lord, send me. See how easy it is? You know, some of us on Wednesday night have been doing the study, uh, Experiencing God. And in the Experiencing God study, the, the fourth reality of Experiencing God says that God speaks by the Holy Spirit in four ways. Through the Bible, prayer, circumstances, And the church, the church meaning God's people, to reveal Himself, His purposes, and His ways. It's it's, it's really very simple. Say it with me. 
Just repeat after me. Not the whole thing. Just repeat after me. God speaks by the Holy Spirit. Through the Bible, prayer, circumstances, and the church. To reveal Himself, His purposes, and His ways. Now, maybe I was a little harsh on Pastor Amy. Maybe God doesn't exactly text us to tell us what He wants us to do. But I do believe it's true that God speaks by the Holy Spirit through the text or the content of the Bible. I believe that God speaks by the Holy Spirit through the text or the content of our prayers to Him or somebody else's prayers for us. I believe that God speaks by the Holy Spirit through circumstances, the text, the content, the context of situations and circumstances in our life. And I believe that God speaks by the Holy Spirit through the text, the context, the content of His speak people whom He leads to speak to us. God really does speak to us, maybe not by the text message, but by the text of His Word, of circumstances, of our prayers, of His people to speak to us. And it's not just to call us into vocational ministry. It is to call us to do whatever He wants us to do in the world through our jobs, our professions, by teaching that Sunday school class, going on that mission trip, being involved in some way in the community, telling someone about Jesus so they can come to know Him as Lord and Savior. That's how God speaks if we'll just listen. 66 books chock full of information that God wants to speak to us about. Now, let's unpack this for a moment. Let's unpack this for a moment. Uh, Catherine, come join me here. Is, uh, is Andy here yet? Uh, there's Andy. Come on over here, Andy. I have Andy uh, Justice and Catherine Carroll. You stay right here, Catherine. You stay right here, Andy. And I'm going to start with Andy this morning. Because Andy is... Um, He's one of those 25 that God has spoken to in the last several months and really over the last few years, but especially, I think, in the last year. And Andy, uh, you, your family came to Oakmont when you were, uh, you, what age? You were in your teenage years? I was 15. You were 15, so you got involved in our youth ministry. And you came on Wednesday nights and Sunday morning for worship and Bible study and Sunday night. And you started going to youth camp and mission trips. And the you did it all, didn't you? Yes. We, we, we just couldn't keep you out of the youth ministry. Uh, and, and I think some of uh, what we just talked about, God speaks by the Bible, prayer, circumstances, and the church. A lot of that happened with you. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, Thinking about some of the, um, uh, the trips that you went on, like the mission, you, you, spent, you took several trips to Belize, for mm -hmm. instance. How, how did you sense God was talking to you and speaking to you about doing something and joining Him in His work? I think the first particular instance was when I stood right here on Youth Sunday in 2011 and preached like a lot of seniors get the opportunity to do. And I left 
that Sunday, and as I was walking out, Greg looked at me and said, have you ever thought about going into ministry? And I think I rolled my eyes and laughed and said, absolutely not. <laughs> um, and so that's kind of when I first started getting that sense that maybe God was calling me to do something different, but I did everything I could to shove it out of my mind. And then just through um, a relationship with Eric and Julie Moss in Belize, they began encouraging me and emailing me back and forth saying, Andy, you should come back. Andy, you should come back. I think that God is really doing some big things down here, and we want you to be a part of it. Um, and so that's really where I got a sense of there's something for me to do that's not just going and being a pastor's or a pastor's wife, which I was told a lot of times as a kid that the only way for a woman to do ministry is by being a pastor's wife. Um, and my eyes were opened to there's lots of possibilities, whether it was just a vocational job type ministry or it was doing something like going on a mission trip and spending a good amount of time doing something of that nature. And, and about a year plus ago, I started in, in the um, invitation time mm -hmm. to include people who were interested or felt God's call in the vocational ministry. And you were sitting down near the front with some of our students, our high school students or middle school students. Mm -hmm. And when I would give that invitation, what happened? Um, I've been leading a group of high school girls for about three years now. Um, and we talk often just about what we're sensing the Lord telling us to do and what we're seeing in our community and in our church. And Greg came back from his sabbatical and started saying, um, if you feel like God is calling you into ministry, and they all turned around and went. <laughs> and I just wanted to sink down into my seat. They started elbowing you a little bit. Uh-huh. They, and every time Greg said something, somebody always turned around and they tapped my shoulder, they tapped my leg, they pointed at me. He said, that's, that's you, he's talking about you there. Um, and so that's when I was starting to realize that maybe God was trying to tell me Because you were in East Carolina and you were about, to, I mean, you were within a semester away of graduating, planning to teach mm -hmm. uh, in, in a local school, mm -hmm. uh, perhaps even here in Pitt County. And so we talked about God speaks by the Holy Spirit. You, you mentioned circumstances, mm -hmm. and you mentioned the church, that God's people, like Eric and Julie and some of the students, and mm -hmm. even what I might have said to you or Pastor Amy. And how about the Bible and prayer? Are those ways that, that God has spoken to you? Oh, absolutely, because a lot of times um, I think my prayer started out as, I really don't want to do this. Please don't make me do this. Um, but through that prayer, God really shaped my heart. And um, opened up some opportunities just in my eyes of this is what ministry could look like in my life and confirmed that a lot in the scripture that I was reading. So, so really uh, everything shifted for you about a year ago and uh, our church uh, hired Andy to be our part-time uh, community center, Oakmont Community Center director and she's been doing that since the first of June and so God really does speak and, and, and even when you're 15 or 16 or 17 or 18 years old, God speaks to you, doesn't he? He really does. Thank you, Andy. And then this is Catherine Carroll, and Catherine um, is a member, of course, of our congregation, and she also works and teaches at North Carolina Wesleyan College. That's right. And you all, and in fact, if you read yesterday's Daily Reflector, you saw an article that North Carolina Wesleyan College has received a Lilly Grant that will enable you to offer a Youth Theology Institute this coming summer. That's uh, correct. And you're hoping to have a couple of dozen students to be a part of that, Catherine. And the purpose is to expose rising uh, sophomores, juniors, and seniors 
to maybe vocational ministry. That's how, right. How God might be called. So I, I guess my question is, why, why did the college, why did you in particular want to do something like this? Sure. Um, Dr. Clark at North Carolina Wesleyan came to me in May of last year, um, and I had just come fresh off of writing a federal grant um, for our institution uh, for student development and um, said, do you want to write another grant? And I said, well, okay, fine, I'll write another grant. Um, it is my summer, but I'll write another grant. <laughs> and he handed me this one, and he said, it's a Youth Theological Institute. And I looked at him and went, okay. Um, and then went home and started thinking about it and went, what have I done? <laughs> um, and so I dove into the project and started reading and researching and realizing, wow, I need some help. This is not a youth camp. This is a deep um, probing opportunity for students to really question um, what they believe and whether God is calling them to be involved in either a pastorship or serving their church in missions, serving the Lord in missions, um, or, or someone who is just going to take on a leadership role in the church, whether it be teaching Sunday school, being in um, the diaconate, or just serving in their high school. So um, I got in touch with Amy and got in touch with you and got in touch with lots and lots of pastors thanks to this church and members of this church in Sunday school who would say, hey, I know this person, hey, I know this person, let me give them a call. And slowly and surely there were guideposts all along the way. No one ever told me no, mm. never. Um, no one ever has disconnected from the institute that we have now um, been funded by Lilly um, to start this coming summer. No one's ever said no. Everyone's very eager to help. Um, I've learned a tremendous amount and am very excited about learning more. Um, I have complete and total faith that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, so you felt God's call yes, yes. to do this, to help a student population feel God's call. That's right. And, 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 and these students are going to be visiting churches. You're going to be doing things. It's residential. You'll be on campus with right. them. Right. Uh, but you're going to be doing things with them in the Eastern North Carolina community. Because I know you want to bring them to Oakmont. That's correct. Some things we're doing. That's correct. This is actually, um, when we started thinking about it, that's not as a camp but as an opportunity for spiritual formation, we turned it in instead of a one-week program to a year-long program. There is a one-week program that starts June the 26th of this summer for our inaugural class of 24 students. Um, and then there will, we will do experiential learning in the field at like Richard Joyner's church in Canada. Mm -hmm. um, we will come to Oakmont and look at the ministries and opportunities that are here to serve God. We are going to go to Peacemakers, which is a um, multi-denominational mission in Rocky Mount and look at their freedom school. So there's going to be a lot of opportunity for youth to get out there, put their hands in it, but then to come back into the classroom, work with our faculty, work with our chaplain, work with pastors in our area in Eastern North Carolina to talk about what they've seen, to talk about how they felt about it, and to study this concept of calling, which is all over the text of the Bible. Mm -hmm. so. So, so I think it's really interesting that we have two people here, one who's working on a church staff and one who's working on a college staff that both feel called by God to do something very strongly. 
Well, I want to thank you both for sharing. And I also want to tell you, in case you don't know this, Andy may not be marrying a pastor, but she is going to be marrying somebody very soon. Don't we celebrate that? She just got engaged. How about that? Thank you both for, for sharing this morning. You know, God, God calls everybody. He calls everyone, first of all, to be his child, to receive him as Lord and Savior. And second of all, he calls everyone to work with him in some shape, form, or fashion. And I don't know why he has some people who he wants to work with him in teaching or in a college or university. Others, he has them involved in retail or in insurance or in banking. Some he has uh, in law, some he has in medicine. I, I don't know how, how God points us in the direction that he sends us, but he does. And what I want you to know this morning is that it doesn't matter how old you are. The psalmist in Psalm 71 was a senior adult, still working with God. Jeremiah at his call, is a young man. And so irrespective of age, God calls us, and he wants to work with us. And are we listening? Are we reading the text of his word? Are we listening to the text of our prayers? Are we paying attention to the text and the content of our circumstances and of God's people speaking to us so that we can figure out what is it that God is saying this morning? I want to invite you to join me for a moment of prayer. Bow your heads, close your eyes. And as we pray together, I just want to ask you this morning, what is it that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now? It, it may be a word simply of confirmation that God has you in the place where He wants you. That you're finding joy and delight in those areas of responsibility and service through your work, in your community, in this state, in our nation, in our world. Lots of ways that you're trying to be salt and light in the name of Jesus. You may be finding confirmation right now. And for others of you, there may be a stirring of your heart that God is saying, I have a new and different assignment I want you to consider. And when he gives us that new and different assignment, he always equips us. And as Jeremiah 1.8 says, we should not fear, for I am with you. What is, in a moment of prayer, what is it that the Holy Spirit is saying to you right now? God, thank you that you're a calling God, that you're a God who chooses and a God who uses, that you are a God who always equips us and prepares us and never sends us out without giving us the resources to do the job. So we're grateful, Lord, for all of the characters of the Bible that heard your call and responded, for all throughout the history of this world who have heard your call and responded. God, may our names be added to that long, long list of those who have heard and who have responded. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.